This podcast is sponsored by YMSE Real Estate Group, offering a tailor-made service, versatility and expertise for all your real estate needs. Are you thinking about selling, buying, investing or having your properties managed? For more information, check our website, www.yycrealestategroup.com. We are passionate about real estate and we love to support local businesses. We hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Cheers. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 43. If you guys haven't subscribed yet, hit the subscribe button on YouTube or Spotify. It's greatly appreciated. Yes. Um, Today, we have a special guest. They're all special guests, Dave. Of course they are. (laughs) (laughs) Jay Su, the co-founder of Black Box Customs. Uh, They're a firearms customization business operating out of Calgary for the last seven years. Boom. Black Box Customs. (laughs) Black Box Customs. It's a mouthful for sure. It is, it is. Yeah, yeah, do you want to kind of elaborate what what the business is, what you guys do, and then I guess we could start from there? Where we are right now as a business versus where we were when we first started is very, very different. So um, where we are now is more of a jack of all trades business and that that we grew into that pretty organically over the last seven years Mm -hmm. um so yeah uh our primary business is firearms customization um retail of firearms uh the sale of the retail sales of parts and accessories and we do a lot of other like industrial work whether that's uh coatings product design product manufacturing uh, for a whole wide range of different industries, not just specifically the farms industry. And that's only purely because we have the capacity, we have the equipment to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what we do now. Yeah. So seven years ago, what was it like when you guys first started it then? Like, uh, Oh man, it was like a, it was just a hobby, like a hundred percent, just a hobby. Um, we weren't even, there was really no plans to do this as a business at all yeah. uh, when we first started. Mm-hmm. Um, what we did was just try to get a lot of these types of modifications on firearms that we saw in the U.S. because the U.S. market is, obviously the U.S. culture for <laughs> firearms customization is like totally different. You know, yeah. it's part of their, you know, Second Amendment. It's like a right down there and um, Canada kind of just piggybacks off of the culture uh, from the U.S. when it comes to firearms. So obviously we we saw a lot of um, customization out of the U.S. that we were interested in. So we started doing research to see who was kind of doing it in Canada. And basically nobody was doing it at that point in time. Like gun customization. Yeah. 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 So for example, we were, we were sport shooting for me and my friends were sport shooting for like probably a year, year and a half. Uh, before we thought about doing a lot of the customization that we ended up offering. And yeah, it's just, it's a firearm in Canada. It's kind of like this really serious thing. There's, you don't want to just like go in, take a hacksaw to it and start making these random cuts and you don't want to just start spray painting it. You know, there's all these, you know, you're firing ammunition. Um, There's pressures involved. There's, you know, it's a mechanical thing. And if you don't do it correctly, there's... You know, something bad could, could happen. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it could yeah. Yeah, backfire, blow up, yeah, yeah, blow up or yeah. whatever, explode, right? Yeah, yeah, explode. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we were really hesitant on obviously doing our own work. 
Um, and yeah, because is there training on that or like? Well, oh, for sure. There's yeah, like yeah. gunsmithing courses and stuff like that that you can take. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we just like we were just doing the research in Canada, seeing who was doing it, and basically nobody was for the most part. Like in one location, you know. When you're saying we, you guys, a group of people, you'd have a business partner, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, let's hear, let's hear it all. How oh, it all geez, started. Yeah, yeah. 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 Let's actually start with that, like the backstory, oh, how you get God, into, yeah. how you got into that, <laughs> and like the history. Uh, yeah, right, right, right. So um, what, what was I doing? I was working for this company called Nine One Supply, and I. Uh, that's like within the farms industry, kind of like we'd sell holsters, we'd supply a bunch of different um, equipment to law enforcement, military, first responder, like bodyguards that needed like slash proof armor or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like in that world and I'd like constantly, I was, I was in sales. So I was like constantly meeting new people. And uh, mm-hmm. I met uh, these two individuals, Vince and Ringo, which are part uh Part of the shareholders of Ringo. Yeah, Ringo. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, totally. Yes, yeah, so that sounds all. like a shooter. <laughs> oh, for sure. It's the that, named after it? the Beatles drummer. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, like we call him Django because he's just, you know, it's very Western. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. So, like, like, you know, these two Asian kids basically. And that, like, uh, we kind of bonded over uh, cars and uh, shooting. So, yeah, I was just out at a range and we were just. Uh, I was shooting with a coworker and I ran into them because I recognized them from a couple shop visits and they were getting really into it. And I have like a pretty addictive personality mm-hmm. and so did they. Like they are like, you know, that's how we all, that's how we get along. And that's how we kind of met at the beginning because um, I was going, but, you know, the people around me or the friends I knew weren't going as much as I wanted to. So I kind of like befriended Vince and Ringo, which were going probably at the peak of it. We were probably going three to four times a week to, to the, the gun range. to the yeah, gun to range. range. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so we were just shooting a lot and kind of diving <laughs> into that hobby. Um, and that's then, a lot to to go three to four times a week to oh, shoot guns and stuff. Yeah. 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 So just to give you a, a metric, we were probably shooting ten thousand rounds of nine mil, like handgun am- ammunition a year. Shit. Wow. So like when you watch on the news, like they like they raid someone's house, they're like, Oh my god, we found all this like this cache of weapons and ammunition. They like we have four hundred rounds of nine mil. I'm like four hundred rounds of nine mil is like nothing. That's like one session for us <laughs> like that. Like it's not a it's not a really like large volume. So it's mm-hmm. You know, something kind of laughable sometimes when you hear what's on the news. But um, we were just going a lot. And what, what is it that you, is you like adrenaline rush or like what is it that you uh, guys? So, so it's just like, so just take a, think about, okay, so shooting handguns and shooting rifles and shooting shotguns. And there's so many dis- different disciplines mm-hmm. when it comes to like shooting. So it's just like alcohol or like driving or like whatever, whatever sports are out there or whatever hobbies you have, you know. The farms community is like one major big umbrella and just like alcohol. It's like mm-hmm. you can be into beer, you can be into, you know, wine, you can be into whiskeys and shooting is kind of the same thing. You can be into like hunting, precision rifle, shotgun, you can do handgun shooting. So we were really, really focused on the, like the handgun shooting side of it. Mm-hmm. And it's a, 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 it's a big learning curve. And I think what was addictive for us was, um, uh, to shoot handgun really well is just like any other sport or skill set. It's it's just so much learning uh, to do it really well and like 
like fast and proficient. Mm -hmm. And the goal was for us to go join like these competitions um, and shoot like competitively. And to shoot at that level, you just have to go in and practice a lot. So basically what I like equate that to is when you go to a shooting range in Calgary, um, an indoor range where it's just lanes, it's like the same as like a driving range for golf. You go out there, you practice like a swing or you practice a specific shot so that you can later on go and play a game of golf. And for us, like the competition side was the game of golf. So that makes sense. Is there, uh, is there like, uh, like, uh, I guess there is in in Calgary, they're like a shooting range, like the golf course, you're going around and just shooting those things that pop up in a course. Is that right? No. So like a lot of the, yeah. So a lot of the, yeah, like basically the comp, like you have to like, like, you know the videos you saw, like this. Everyone's seen this on YouTube, right? Like you see um, John Wick, yeah. Keanu Reeves yeah. running around that, like that, uh, like Terran Tacticals um, range. Yeah. And he runs around and is like engaging all these targets. Um, that's basically what we do, but with like paper targets, it's like timed and scored. Mm-hmm. And so you need a lot of like real estate, or you need a lot of room to do that. So a lot of these competitions are held in outdoor ranges uh, around Calgary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like running around and shooting targets act like um, accuracy, and then also um, like you do a lot of like holster draws and shots, right? So it's yeah. like how fast you can can you get your gun out of the holster and shoot this target accurately? They're pretty crazy. Yeah, so we should go, man. Oh yeah, yeah we're sure. going on Friday. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for the invite. <laughs> not, not not today, next week. Yeah, do I need my gun license? No. no so as long as you're like supervised by a pal holder, yeah. which we all is. are. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I'm no, down. For sure, yeah. yeah. Can I come? Yeah, yeah come. Yeah. yeah. No, you're not. Allowed. <laughs> just, just, as long as you're really safe. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you're going to be like holding a gun. Yeah. Well, you guys are going to train Oh, for me sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I'm not just going to like. Yeah, yeah. we're not going to just let you take it and go. I've trained yeah. a lot of people yeah. to shoot. So. I've probably gone once to the shooting range. And yeah. honestly. You didn't I, like it. Yeah, like I, I'm not a violent person. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like I feel like I get that adrenaline. Yeah. But I don't know. It's. It, it's kind of like scary still to yeah. me. It's the skill set though. Yeah. I think I think that's kind of like the common misconception within our industry. Like I think within the US and like culturally it's already like firearms and violence are kind of like this like direct like correlation mm-hmm. for a lot of people, but it's not. Like in Canada there's like there's no like defend yourself with a gun. There's no concealed carry. There's no nothing. Like when you own a gun here, it's like for hunting or it's for recreation. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. And like that's like a thing that people um, they'll always ask me. They're like, oh, like you, why can't you like protect yourself with your gun or like why can't you carry your gun? Or I'm like, that's, that's not what. Yeah, I'm like that's against the laws and regulations <laughs> in Canada. Like, you can't do that. So here, when we shoot handgun, it's for sport. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. But like, you, but you're not allowed to own a hand. You're like. Um, you're not allowed to own a handgun at home and and travel with it or something like. How you, it... if you have your restricted license, then uh, you can travel with your gun, but only to the range. Oh, it can okay. only go from your home to the range and from your range back. Like if you yeah. if you get caught with your handgun in your car and you're not going to the destination that you're supposed to be going. You're getting shit. Yeah. Like there's really strict transport regulations. Yeah. yeah. And storage regulations. Everything. Yeah. Like the like. Like people, uh, like the police could come and check your guns if they see if they're properly like stored or whatever like that. But but you need your 
you need a course because I did a course, but I didn't finish it. Yeah, you like, dropped out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's like the easiest course. <laughs> well, he was he went into it, and then like we were there was like ten of us that took the license, right? Yeah. And it was like pretty chill. We were like with a bunch of friends, and I think you just did one day and you never yeah. came back. Oh yeah, because I was like, I was like, this isn't like because uh, it was only for semi-automatic or something. No, oh, like, it's just for restricted. Yeah, so or non-restricted. Like, sorry. Yeah. I was like, I wanted a pistol. I was like, this. I feel yeah. like yeah, but that's the three-day course you just add yeah. one more day and it'll be done but you need yeah. to have the restricted for yeah. non-restricted first i might have to go go redo or actually do the course yeah because yeah. it was funny during covid when it first happened yeah. i was like shit i need a gun <laughs> so like that's like yeah like all of my non-pal holding friends yeah. like pals like the possession acquisition license like the license you need to own a firearm <laughs> all of like my like non-gun friends were all like <gasps> like we're like like, do you have guns? Yeah, like, yeah. Have, I'm like, do you have to get a license? Like, and it's not for what you think you're supposed to use that for. So, <laughs> your yeah. business probably skyrocketed though during that time. Uh, you know what? I think I was telling, I was thinking, I, I think I was talking to David about this, but um, uh, the industry is weird for us. So, there's all these ebbs and flows. Overall, our industry grew. However, for us, because we're so niche and we're so specific, um, during the initial portion of COVID, our business for sure took a dip because. Our services are for for the recreational shooters. Just that it's recreation; it's not a necessity. Mm-hmm. So uh, we don't sell ammo. We don't sell a lot of things that like preppers or whatever would like want to buy, like magazine ammo, rations, all the cons- yeah, all the consumable <laughs> stuff. Why, why don't you guys sell that? Are you guys not allowed to? Uh, no, no, no. It's just um, uh, for our business model is like just very, very specific. We wanted to target a really specific segment of the market and we want to do that very very well and that's it so we didn't so just very customized guns essentially yeah like like, you know when you look at a gun on like call of duty and it's got like a gold skin or something (laughs) like that i'm looking at some of these you could do that on their guns it's essentially like taking a like like the stuff that you see in call of duty with like the customization guns and just putting it onto a real gun yeah yeah i I, I could see it yeah it's pretty cool but you guys also sell guns. Yeah, we do, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, but just like, you know, think about us like an exotic car dealership. You know, we're not there like hawking like, you know, four Tauruses. Yeah. Um, like there's there's already a thousand car dealerships doing that. Mm-hmm. So for us, we we kind of, we targeted a, a market that we thought in Canada was not being represented well or, you know, uh, serviced properly. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to expand into that. So you know, for us, we just really, really focused on more of the the firearms customization. Mm-hmm. And even if it was like the sale of firearms, it was more in line with like um, law enforcement, military type of uh, firearms mm-hmm. and like what the recreation shooter or the competitive shooter would buy. Yeah. Um, and like I said, you know, we're not, for us, we didn't go with like the be everything to everyone model mm-hmm. we definitely went more specific um you know there's a thousand gun stores like cabela's like if you are everything to everyone you're competing against cabela's mm-hmm. you're competing against bass pro you're and every other local gun store uh in the market and that's and that's a good model for them because yeah. that's how they survive mm-hmm. but for us we were trying to do something different yeah because like Cabela's is like the Walmart of guns. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. When I first came here, I heard of all these guys super excited that it was coming. But I was like, what the hell is this store? 
and honestly, it's like a, and it's exactly like Walmart in the sense that they have massive buying power in the U.S. Mm-hmm. They take that same buying power and apply it to the Canadian market. So if you're trying to compete against them, it's not possible. They're buying millions and millions of dollars worth of inventory all the time. Whereas mm-hmm. as a local gun store, you're kind of having to you you have a million dollars worth of inventory if you're lucky, and you're spreading that between multiple different product lines. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, because I actually heard it from you guys, uh, from Peter Vu. Oh, right. Yeah, yes. so he was telling me about it, and I was, he's like, yeah, check out their stuff. It's pretty crazy. So then, like, during COVID, I spent, like, I don't know, like, <laughs> probably a month looking at guns from your guys' shop yeah. and just, like, scrolling through them, like, looking at the, the different designs, the colors and stuff like that, and I was, like, trying to figure out what I wanted to do because yep. I was building a rifle during COVID as well because I was just bored. But Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I remember and we're like, yeah, Dave, we might need to just come over if something crazy happens. <laughs> He's like, I'm coming to you if uh, if something happens and we, we go into this crazy shit with COVID. And because uh, at least you have like arms. I was yeah. like, okay, sure. Like, I'm not going to let you borrow it, but you can you can come and chill with me if you want. Didn't you load up on ammo too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, so I was talking to um, uh, Calgary Shooting Center and they told me in two days they sold a hundred grand worth of inventory. Yeah. Like, oh, for sure. Like shit was selling out like all their ammo, all their defensive guns, their mm. rifles, their handguns, everything. Like everything was just going off the shelves because people were like panic buying essentially. Yeah. There, well, and it was in, there's COVID, there was like riots in the US, mm-hmm. there was uh, a change, there's an election coming up and, and you know, it sounds crazy, but l- those are major events that change the, the buying trends in the US. Mm-hmm. So all the consumables in the U.S., which if if there is no inventory in the U.S., that's where all of our product comes from. Guess what? There's going to be shortages up here too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there was a massive spike in purchasing in the U.S. Yeah. yeah right. Because so. it's it's a lot of supply chain from down there, and all, almost all of it. Yeah. 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 We're, we're, we were getting to you starting. Yeah. <laughs> we we, went, yeah, we went far left lane there. No, that's um, all good. Yeah. So you. <laughs> like a normal day for me <laughs> this is what my life is every day so it, it was you vince and ringo, ringo. there yeah. we go that's yeah. where we left yeah. off um <laughs> and you guys were uh going to the shooting ranges together a lot and then i guess what sparked um black box customs like how did it evolve how did it grow like is it you three yeah, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so when it first started, it was basically um, Vince, Ringo, and I, for the most part. Uh, we were all either in school or working full-time jobs. Yeah. So this was like a total like hobby side hustle. Can you give us like an age time? For, like how old are you now? Oh, and fuck. like, um, how, sorry. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> no, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, what the fuck was it? Uh, no, um, that was in 2014. So I don't even remember how, how old I was. I think it was like 25 or something. So 30, I'm 32 now. Okay, so, you're 32. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so 24. Five is when it start. Yeah, seven years. Yeah, ago. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. yeah. So wh- what what happened was we were getting into shooting, and um, of course, any hobby that you dive deep into, whether it's cars, golfing, anything that has like badminton, you want to buy like like the nicest tech, you know, the latest and greatest equipment. <laughs> yeah. And with guns, it's like you can buy uh, you know the latest greatest, but there's also a, a massive like customization community out there and we were we were just nerding out we were doing all this research from the u.s and we just could not find 
people to do or perform those services in Canada. So like no one. No. Okay. So what it was is like, it's not no one. What it was <laughs> like, we wanted like an optic cut, for example. Then you'd have to like reach out to the one shop that offered that in. You, you got to explain what an optic cut is. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> optic cut. Yeah, optic cut. Yeah. yeah. So just, just imagine it's like we're putting a retrofitting a red dot onto a, a handgun. <laughs> I know this is like okay, a segue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on the top of the gun, you're essentially adding this groove where you can like add a, uh, like a, not a scope, but it's like a. It's like yeah. a miniature. It's like, like the red, red dot, dot on. Yeah, um, on the top of a gun. If you play Call of Duty, exactly, you know yeah. Yeah, it. it's like, like a holographic the, the, the EO site. tech but CS, like a miniature yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah 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 but the a miniature yeah yeah, yeah yeah but a miniature one that is mounted and installed like a yeah. laser yeah almost like, but like yeah. only you can see it yeah yeah oh yeah. through the yeah, the, so like if you look at a normal gun, it has iron sights where you you like you match the the like the front sight to the two back ones, and when okay. you align it, that's centered. But yeah. when you have the holographic, it's like a little like screen inside of on top of your gun. Got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I know ninety five percent of the people yeah. don't know what that is, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this thing here. <laughs> oh, oh, that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On top of it. Oh, oh don't like. Well, don't worry. We'll get into yeah, that later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's like kind of all these different services that we were looking for that either increased or had better like created better ergonomics for the pistol or had some like type of performance like advantage okay. and imagine it was like frame texturing so that you could get a better grip on the gun um like a better you know sighting system for uh the handgun and you know front cocking serration so that you had more grip on the slide so you can manipulate it better stuff like that and you know, between all these different services, there's probably four different shops that we need to go to. And they were kind of scattered across the country. Mm. Basically for each item you wanted, had it was one, it was an all stop one shop. Right, exactly. Okay. And firearms are so regulated in Canada that to go ship your firearm to say one of these shops, you had to call the RCMP. You had to get an authorization to transport the firearm to the post office, then ship it to them. And this is like, so imagine that times like four yeah. and you have to ship it. Is that what you got to do now though too? His, his, they just ship it to them. Yeah. Cause so, they do it all. But, but the, the system hasn't changed, right? No, it's no. actually more strict now actually. Oh, yeah. So it's yeah. even worse yeah. now. Um, so we just, um, yeah, we just uh, were not really into, and, and a lot of these people weren't doing the stuff that we, we wanted and, and some services nobody even offered. You know, you had to find like Bob's uncle that owned a machine shop and only worked like on, you know, Tuesdays from six to nine and only takes payment in beers on a blue moon. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. it was just crazy. It was just yeah, getting, yeah. it was just getting too crazy. Uh-huh. Um, so, so basically you found something that people needed and then you, you uh, yeah, not you, even yeah, yeah. like we were just trying to look for it for ourselves yeah. and, and um, uh, we bought the equipment to do it. So then we're like, you know what? Fuck this. Like this is too much of a pain in the ass. And like, and, and half the people we emailed, like barely got back to us. Mm-hmm. The service was like, just like not good. Mm-hmm. And then some people just like straight up refused work that we were asking for because they're like, Oh, we're too busy with our own stuff. So we don't know when we can get to yours. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, you know what? Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. So we did all the research as to like what would be needed mm-hmm. to do some of these services. Mm-hmm. And one was like a soldering iron to do the frame texturing on the, on the pistols. Cause you just like literally sit there for four hours melting, like putting little like divots in the, in the frame. And that's like stippling and that's frame texturing on these pistols. So we're like, you know what? We'll just buy a soldering iron and we'll just do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other one was, um, 
buying a uh, manual mill, so like a milling machine to do like serrations on the slides and do uh, these optic cuts on the slide and stuff like that. Um, What's a slide? So it's so, a slide. Yeah. got it. Okay. So on, the, on a hand, you need gun. to explain these yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like yeah, yeah. Like, yeah so on, yeah, on yeah. a handgun, there's like yeah. a frame, which is like the part that you hold, yeah. and the part that like cycles and reciprocates. That's yeah. the slide. Okay, like the like, yeah, the, the like part that you, you chamber, cock. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you chamber the bullet. Yeah, yeah. 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 Slides yeah. back. You cock the slide. So there's like a machine for that. Yeah, yeah, and like you can buy it for like eight hundred dollars at you know your local busy bee store or whatever okay so you guys are um, milling your own guns yeah and then so you know what we like bought a soldering iron i soldered my like first handgun it took me like fucking like three days um and it was horrible it was like terrible looking but it looked good at the time um and then we cut like these serrations into uh the slides and we we're like okay well we need to refinish these serrations or else they're gonna rust because once you cut them they're like raw mm-hmm. and you can't uh they there's like potential of rust so the coating, the finish, yeah. the refinishing okay. <laughs> that was like popular in that market was this uh, product called Cerakote. Yeah. And they had like these starter kits for like people in their garages. Mm. And it was like, a, I can't remember how much it was. I think it was like $120. It comes with like a gun and like six sample colors or something. And six sample colors for us was like enough to like spray like 20 slides or something. Mm-hmm. So we bought, you know, this, this startup starter kit. And then we looked at all the things that we needed. We needed a, a oven. We needed a sandblaster. We needed to get acetone to like degrease these parts. So we took like Vince's toaster oven and like <laughs> turned it on its side. And we like that was like our oven. Oh, could to put it into to, ba- to so bake you had to, it. So yeah. after you yeah. spray yeah. Cerakote, you had to bake it. Oh, um, to cure. Mm. And um, all these people were kind of like retrofitting like their ovens and stuff. Like I wasn't gonna like use my parents' oven to like bake these things. I don't know, you know, like what the chemicals or yeah. off gassing of whatever is. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, yeah, let's just. Let's just find an oven or something. So there's just like a lot of jerry rigging yeah. when we first started. So you know what? We like we did some stippling, we did some serrations, we did some Cerakote, and it was like done. It was like clean. At, at this point, were you guys like this is a hobby? Oh, this is a hobby. No so, business. So not black box no, custom. Nothing. This was no. just like Vince and Jay and Ringo in their, <laughs> in their garage. garage. <laughs> just for fun. Just for your own stuff. In their basement. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, we didn't have a business license. We didn't have insurance. We didn't have a firearms business license. We didn't have anything. That's um, crazy. Yeah. And we just w- went to the competitions and we started shooting. Like we. We were starting to be a little bit more recognized in that community because we were becoming a, more and more competitive. And then what? when you become more competitive, everyone starts looking at your gear. Yeah. <laughs> like they're looking in the wrong place generally. You guys are but, selling yourself yeah. at the competitions. <laughs> right. So they'd be like, oh, whoa, like where'd you get that stippling? Oh, where'd you get that Cerakote work done? Or where'd you get this done? And we're like, oh, like we, we did it ourselves. And they'd be like, oh, like what do you charge for that? And we're like, oh, like – we don't like it's not a business like it's just for ourselves like for our friends and whatever um and it just took a lot of actually what ended up happening (laughs) we went to our local range and one of the sales managers there they saw our work we're pretty close friends with them and they just they like were really pressuring us to start offering this service for their customers shit and at first we're like, uh, no thanks. Like, I don't have time. Like, I, I have a full time <laughs> yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, I, <laughs> this yeah. took me three days to get this stippling <laughs> yeah, done. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I have a, like, yeah, no, I have a job, but like, I don't have time. Yeah. And um, every single time we go out, they 
keep on pressuring us to do it. <laughs> and then eventually we caved. We were like, okay, you know what? We'll look into getting a firearms business license, getting insured, doing all this stuff properly. And yeah, like that's like how it started is we did a couple of guns for them. That's crazy. And that was um, seven years ago. Yes. Yeah. That was like the genesis yeah, that's crazy. of Black Box. And yeah. and how how did you guys, I guess, like, were you guys all like, hey, we're all in this together? Or did, like, how did you guys establish your guys' roles, like, and want to? It was create? like way too early for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it just like, imagine just like three monkeys in a garage. Yeah, yeah. And just like, everyone's doing everything. And yeah. eventually people fall into their... Rules. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, at first, it was actually like shared, mm. like, uh, it was like almost split custody of services between Vince's garage and mine. Mm -hmm. So, like, my garage was like the more dirty garage. So, it was like we were doing all of like the dirty work in there. So, spraying the Cerakote, prepping the slides. Uh, I was doing stippling in my basement, but then all the milling work, we do it in Vince's garage. So, we we're like driving these things across the city. <laughs> and, like, yeah, we live in like, you know, opposite ends yeah, yeah. so that's at the very beginning everyone was doing everything literally it was like split how did you guys get uh like sales and business if you right. got, was it was all referral like how, how did you guys oh, actually man, this is funny yeah. okay so um <laughs> basically in the firearms industry um imagine you you teleported into like the 90s mm -hmm. or like the early 2000s okay shopping in the gun industry is like that you got teleported into like the early 2000s, late 90s, and that's where you're at. Yeah. Websites suck. You know, the customer service is just like horrible. And just access to information is 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 just non-existent. So for us, um, our when we first started the business, the number one priority was get a very, very, very good website up put all the information that was relevant to our customers on there. And everyone in our industry is like very visual. So we just took as what we would consider very, very good photos of our, mm. of our product or our services and just uh, leverage our social media. Uh, and that was our strategy at first. We also took on, we didn't have a brick and mortar store. We were operating in our garages. Mm -hmm. So we partnered up with different gun ranges and had them be like our dealers so we do like pre-configured pistols for them uh, using their inventory. So they'd have like a Glock that wasn't really selling or they had like a total overstock of like this specific pistol. We would then turn that one skew into like five, right? Mm -hmm. You take that one Glock and now it's in five different colors with different sl slide cuts. Now you've expanded their inventory mm -hmm. without, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's kind of how we started was just using their inventory, using their sales staff to help promote us locally. Mm -hmm. And then online, we were leveraging all the free social media, which was Instagram, Facebook, a good website. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's like some forums that are, um, pretty good, mm -hmm. but we weren't really using the forums. What we would do was kind of more like guerrilla marketing. <laughs> we Shop. were like, we would use like private accounts and like sell black box customized pistols like secondhand right yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so we were kind of leveraging that for a little bit until we couldn't do that anymore until like kind of the mods caught on oh. and then we had to start paying for advertising so that's so funny yeah <laughs> you guys actually started like marketing with the, like the local people mm -hmm. um and then i guess did you guys 
uh, like, how did you guys establish the name Blockbox Customs and then like start branding it? So you know what? I think um, it's not. I've I've gone through a lot of different. Um, uh, with my previous work, which is not anything special, um, and kind of some previous hobbies, I've gone through the naming a business. I've worked for different businesses, so I've kind of seen. Uh, where certain business names can pigeonhole you into like specific work that you're trying to do at that time. However, later on you might outgrow it and that name may no, may no longer be relevant and rebranding is way harder at that time. So in Canada, the, the firearms industry is still kind of taboo. You don't really talk too much about it. Um, we wanted a name that wasn't like if I sold you guys merchandise, like a t-shirt, I didn't want it to say, Bob's gun store. I own guns. Follow me home. Rob me. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, was, it wasn't like that. We yeah. wanted something that was just, if you knew, you knew, um, is nondescript. And yeah, because if you had guns in the name, there there could be a negative connotation yeah. to oh, it, sure. right? Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. And and imagine, you know. Like, like customized guns ready to right. go, you know? <laughs> right. So, for example, like we, we mail stuff to our customers all the time across mm-hmm. the country. Imagine a box on the side of it that says, Bob's gun store. Mm. Like think about how much Amazon parcels get stolen or whatever, right? Yeah, Off yeah. the doorsteps. Yeah. You yeah. know, now it's just, that's just like a problem waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. So we wanted something that was just very nondescript. If someone wanted to like rep our branding or like we, we gave someone a sticker, they could put it on their vehicle and it wasn't, it wouldn't mean anything to the average person. Mm. Right. Um, unless you knew. Mm-hmm. So uh, we also, we're looking at a bunch of different names. We didn't want anything too cliche. So no, like, I don't know. You know how it is. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. like it takes a while to come yeah, up with it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. in our industry, it's like, like try our operator, like training solutions or whatever. Like, it's just like a lot of like these buzz words. Mm-hmm. And it's always like this mixture. David's into cars. So, you know, yeah. all the different car shop names, is always like something auto salon import, you know, like, whatever. Right. So we didn't want anything too cliche like that. And we went through a bunch of different names. One of them was like, I think the top contenders were like the Tradecraft. Um, and Black Box Customs was something that I was toying around for a little while. What is Black Box? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah that's all your library. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the reason, <laughs> why, yeah, the reason why we named it yeah. that was, um, I think with firearms or like all these things that we're trying to do, we always wanted to create a experience. Mm -hmm. So like you guys have been, well, David's been to the store now and we're trying to create like this more hands-on, more like uh, bespoke gun building experience. And if you're a customer from out of town or if we're shipping stuff to you, you don't get that same experience. So what's the next best thing is, you know, like the box opening experiences, right? That you see everyone so hot for online, mm-hmm. right? Like that's why Apple products are so, you know. Yeah, the packaging. Fun, right, exactly. You know, it has like that perfect fit. We're not we're not that crazy. So the original concept was um, when you received your project back, it would be in this nice black box. And it's like kind of like this experience to like, un, you know, you sent it to us. It was basically this bone stock thing, you get it back and have all this customizations. Let's celebrate that uh, through kind of like this box opening experience. A black box. Yes. So all the parcels of custom 
guns that we build for customers right now are like these super neatly wrapped black craft paper boxes now. Mm-hmm. And you know when you get like a parcel from us in the mail. That's sweet. Yeah. I want to get that. Yeah, that's actually like... <laughs> <laughs> So you guys were thinking way ahead, and I, I want to point out um, the marketing in and the the forward thinking of that before you even chose your brand. Yeah. So you knew what you wanted to deliver. Yes. Before the name. Yes, I think. So you thought about all of this before. Yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. you, like you, we sat. Oh man, like Vince and Ringo, if they were here, like there's endless nights of like Denny's. Every single time we went to the range, yep. we would be at Denny's till mm-hmm. like two, three, four in the morning, mm-hmm. talking about these ideas, right? Mm-hmm. And just kind of like building up that experience in in the perfect world in the future. Mm-hmm. What you know? What is black box mm-hmm. in in the in you know in the future yeah. and. Um, yeah, so we always kind of had these ideas and I think in the end, like with the naming and stuff like that, we always knew we wanted to create an experience, uh, for our customers, um, because that's non-existent. You, you know, guns are a luxury, like for us, like the market that we are trying to target. Well, yeah, the recreational shooters, it's a luxury. Uh, we like we service law enforcement, military, which came later. But the n- initial um, uh, target market was just recreational shooters, and like I said, it's a luxury. You go like if you were to go buy, you know, a a new like luxury timepiece, you don't want the McDonald's experience. You don't want to order over the phone, go pick up mobile or whatever. You want to go in you want to be shown around you want to have that experience you want to sit down you want to build it it's bespoke right you there's more to um the 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 purchase than you know just coming in and looking at what you want and, and spending money yeah, yeah you that, need that oh sorry go. that's what i felt when i went there yeah. like it was such an interesting concept because it, you got to be buzzed in yes you can't just walk into it <laughs> and then you go and it's like a pretty sick showroom like it has really good displays, um, like the cases of the like the the parts, merch, all that stuff. And then you guys have your offices in the back, and then upstairs is like your shipping and inventory. And then Jay actually took me through a tour of the whole thing and showed me like, hey, this is where every little thing gets done. It's actually a pretty crazy shop. Like the processing there, I was like, holy fuck! Like yeah. you guys have a lot of crazy equipment mm-hmm. um, just for like the CNC and like the millwork and all that stuff, the, the Sarah, like there's, it's separated into two separate parts, which is like the millwork and then the, the Sarah coating on the other side. But it's actually like a very interesting and like everything is super secure too. Like you can't get anywhere without a fucking RFID like yeah. card. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's different from where we were. Our first shop was just like yeah. a fucking shithole part of my French, but like, yeah. it was, yeah. <laughs> like we always knew we wanted to work towards that. Yeah. Yeah. And even our shop right now is not uh, where we want it to be, but we're always working towards it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think you need to have that extra, like, I think, business now and everything is going into that experience people want to experience something different right you can't just have a product yeah you need to add that experience to 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 actually what to like what makes you guys different from just like right a product right for sure um oh man yeah i yeah we're we're, we're <laughs> um no like yes. I, no i i 100 agree with that yeah. um and i don't know i tell my sales guys this all the time because 
the experience is one part, but like you also need to, you know, it's one thing like hospitality is, is one thing. Mm -hmm. Good, like customer service in the sense of like being polite is another. Um, and the final piece is like, you kind of need to tie it all in. You do need to be the subject matter experts. You do need to be um, enthusiastic about your product, your brand, your whatever. passionate about you, it. Oh, for yeah. sure. Right. You do. Yeah. Um, or else um, you're, you're just there, you know, waving your hands, being excited and you're being polite about it, but you're not really servicing the customer. Did, did you come in, um, you know, with little to no knowledge and walk out with, you know, a new understanding of what we do, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I think that's ultimately what it, it comes down to is you can come in and you can be wowed by our showroom and we can be polite. We can, you know, serve you, you know, a, a drink or whatever, and it's good hospitality. But did you, did you leave learning something that you didn't know from before, mm -hmm. right? And did we actually help you solve, you know, some of those problems or did we just come or do we just, you know, sell you whatever, uh, because you were so excited to spend money. No, like for me, it's like, I'm more than happy if people come in, they get the full experience and they walk out not spending a dollar because they go home and they do the research or they go home and now they are actually thinking about their next build mm -hmm. and then they come back and now they're more happy. I, I hate the, like the, the buyer's remorse type of mm. sale, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You, you guys are in sales yeah. at the end of the day. Like, you know how it is. Like yeah. it's sometimes it's really easy to take advantage of a customer when they're eager to spend, you know, you do need to apply a little bit of that discipline of say, Hey, you know what? Like I could sell you this thing right now and it might not be the perfect thing, but I know that it's an easy sale mm -hmm. and I could just, you know, totally push you into it. Or you can say, Hey, look, like I know you're excited, but there are a couple other options and I think it's worth exploring them. And I think you'll be more happy long-term with those decisions. If you know everything right. before yeah. you make the decision. Right. Yeah. And then later on, I think you earn more of like a lifetime customer from doing that. Of course. Yeah. Right. Because you're not taking advantage of them while they're in a vulnerable state. It's, it sounds so like, it sounds crazy, but people are, you get excited. You come into a showroom, you, you get wowed and you get bamboozled. You let's buy right it's so. important to build rapport and trust with your clients right and like they're coming to you for guidance and, and knowledge on things because it might be not in their scope of knowledge so yeah if you if they're being sold something and then what happens is they get it and they're like fuck i have some buyer's remorse on this they're gonna feel that and they're gonna feel yeah. it towards the person that sold it to them right oh 100 yeah. percent. yeah and like the next time they come in they're less trusting yeah right and Right now, we, we ask our customers for a lot. You know, we're asking them to come in and really respect uh, our opinion on a specific, you know, topic, which in this scenario, or often, it's about, like, handguns. Um, we didn't develop that, you know, trust from our consumers by taking advantage of, you know, people, mm -hmm. right? So, like I said, it's it's kind of always, like, this discipline piece. Like, a lot of – I always have to remind my sales guys, like – everyone's so eager to sell because they want to do good, right? Like, but sometimes it's okay. If we don't sell today, we'll sell it tomorrow. Or, you know, I have customers that, you know, I talk to them and I don't see them for three years. Like if we're, if we're planning to be in business for, you know, the end game or the long term, a, a sale three years from now is just as important to me as a sales today. 
really. That's exactly like yeah. our, like our industry, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Buying a house, you yeah. don't you don't talk to them for. It could be six months, yes. two years. Like, but after the sale, a lot of agents don't talk to them after, yeah. right? Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people appreciate us. Like, we just dropped off like over a hundred pumpkins. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, I was wondering what that was about. Yeah. yeah. What's the? Tell well, me like, the pumpkins. We, we were doing so every every Halloween we drop off pumpkins to our clients for kids, and we have like mm-hmm. a like an invite thing, right? Because how we want to do our business is that it's not just a transactional business, it's relational. And even after the deal is done, the service continues regardless. So, and what that does is it keeps you top of mind in the business so that if there ever was, like if they ever think of some real estate again, you're the first one to talk to you. Because in our industry, there's over six thousand realtors, right? Yeah. Like how many, how many uh, custom gun, like, like uh, yeah, right. <laughs> furniture? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, okay, that's that's super funny because like you guys are when we first started when we talked about marketing, yeah, right. A lot of people are trying to target you know businesses like yours where you're in a in a local space and you're competing with you know six thousand other people. So you're you're analytics your seo all that stuff is has to be at the tip of the spear or else you know you're on page three on google or whatever yeah. right um for us it's like we didn't have any competitors that's awesome. <laughs> in, yeah. like in canada yeah, 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 yeah. 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 and that's the thing like, do you guys have comp- comp- competition now you would say or uh yeah so like over the last seven years for sure there are businesses that have sprung up um they'll segue doing other things or they'll come and go and I think um, there's just there's no magic in what we do. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like hard work, dedication, and attention to detail. Mm-hmm. So I welcome like anyone that wants to step into our space because they'll have to do what we did. And if you're willing to do what we did, you deserve to be in the space. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people underestimate what is behind the doors because I think – um, people just look at, you know, the services that we offer as just like these really quick, oh, can't you just sketch it on here and then run it there? No, it's like, this is, these are people's, this is people's property. We're not, you know, we're taking a lot of, of customer work in and doing the modifications, not, you know, it's not just a block of metal and we're cutting it and we mess it up. No problem. We throw it out. Like we have one shot and we mess it up. We owe the customer a new gun um, or that, worse. Yeah. yeah. Does that happen? Yeah, does, yeah. Like, does that? Because I guess, like, it. If you do mess up, it's hard to go back. Yeah, like, yeah. like there's some, like, there's <laughs> some, there, like insurance yeah. on that yeah, to cover you guys, or like, yeah, like we're self-insured for that. Yeah. Like, uh, like, yeah, we mess up a person's uh, firearm, we replace it generally, um, but it depends on like what end up happening. Uh, often, a lot of the mistakes that we make. Uh, well, step one, you try not to make mistakes. <laughs> But it, it's happened. You're like you're, you're human. We process like thousands of firearms a, a year right now, yeah. so it's bound to, yeah, to happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it just depends. Um, there's really only a couple of um, uh, services that we perform that will potentially do like irreversible damage. So running stuff on the CNC, you know, you hit go and that thing is automated. You have to trust that the program that you wrote for that is flawless. So CNC. Oh, that's like a basically a con- computerized like milling machine is, oh, okay. a, is a short. Like, so we yeah. used to do like we used to mill. A machine that does something that you input the information right. and it does it for right. you. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, like I was telling you before, we were doing manual milling before. So you'd like spin, it was like 
just think about like a it's like a drill almost yeah but, uh, almost but like super precise yeah more like pretty and it precise. cuts like yeah. very clean yeah so we would basically etch a sketch our cuts like <laughs> like manually yeah. right yeah uh is the best way to describe it <laughs> so you know like it, you know on an etch a sketch to draw a diagonal line you have to move both dials yeah yeah so for us so like you guys were doing that you kind of have to do, yeah. yeah yeah we were doing that manually <laughs> yeah uh and then if you tell a computer to do it it's more precise. They, yeah, yeah they can yeah. draw whatever shape you want yeah basically yeah. so um that's how you know over time we we upgraded all of our equipment we went from manual to a lot of computerized stuff and mm. went from computerized stuff to like nicer computerized stuff yeah um because you guys have drafters right that you guys uh, use so yeah we had cat like cad cam guys um so we have guys that uh will take um a customer's project they'll model the entire slide and then after that, we'll model the cuts that we want. Then they'll convert those cuts into language that our machines uh, can understand. And then they'll do test cuts on like blocks of scrap metal. And then we'll then perform the cut on the customer's project. And depending on the project, you know, the pricing varies. Sometimes we'll, if it's a super popular um, type of service, we'll um amortize the initial cost over like 10 projects basically mm. so we don't charge our customers upfront like for 10 hours worth of work we charge them for like an hour's worth of work that's smart because the idea is that pistol is popular enough and that service is popular enough that we can you know keep on selling that you know for Model. years right that's pretty smart so how many employees are you guys at right now oh geez um we're i think we're at like 15 full-time employees including wow. the share uh, including the partners shareholders yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's a pretty busy shop. Uh, yeah, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very labor intensive. So, like, that's why I say to roll it back is yeah. why I welcome competitors because it's labor. It's yeah. pure labor and it's attention to detail. And if you want, like, we've been stippling frames by hand for the last seven years. Ringo does it almost exclusively now. Mm-hmm. He's one of the He's one of the shareholders. He's one of the founders. He sits there for three and a half, four hours pressing a soldering iron into a frame because we can't trust by hand. Yeah. By hand, because we can't trust like other people to have that same level yeah. of attention detail. So by all means, like if you want to start stippling frames, I welcome you to do it. Because... <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. Like I was looking at it, I'm like, holy shit. Like it's, it's pretty much like drawing mm-hmm. on it, mm-hmm. like with a hot soldering gun and, yeah. and melting the plastic to create that form and and have like a better grip on the gun right? right exactly tell us about um the growth over the seven years because like 15 employees is a lot yes. and you know even three employees is a lot yeah. one employee is a lot right people that aren't in business don't really understand how much work yes. <laughs> just to even run 53 you know we're, yeah. we're, even we're for like us six associates yeah mm-hmm. So yeah, like what 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 made you decide to start scaling up and and covering these roles? Yeah. Right. So I don't know if you guys run into the same issue. Is I think when you first start the business yourself, or when you're doing the work yourself, is you hit plateaus, right? Mm. Um, you, there are limits as to how many hours a day you can work, right? Yeah. And if you want to expand the business and you want to scale it. You have to bring employees on, but there's always that, um, there's that, that catch 22 is it costs you money yeah. Yeah. to bring more people in. Right. Um, how, how many more, uh, years were you in 
before you realized that? Um, so we were probably working flat out for the first, uh, holy cow, how many years was it? Probably two years. So we were in our garages for a year and a half. Then we moved into a legitimate shop and we were probably in that shop for probably a year and a half before we hired our first employee. And initially it was just you three. Uh, basically. Yeah. In short, it was basically us three. And, yeah. and were you guys, uh, did you guys eventually quit your jobs? So yeah, when we moved into our shop, we, well, when we we're in our garages, we, we hit that plateau. We, it was no longer a hobby. You know, it was taking up every waking hour of our lives outside of work in school. You're working, then working. It was yeah, your side hustle. Working. We yeah. were literally burning the candle on both ends. Yeah, yeah. And it, like, cost me, like, my relationship with my ex at that time. Like, it was just, like, everything, so. Casualties yeah. of war. Oh, for sure. 100%, I've been there. Yes, 100%. So all three of you were working, too, and yeah. then you guys. Yes, yes. So after then, hours. Right, so it was getting busy, and you had to make the choice, like, do you want to just cap it and say, you know, Black Box Customs is now the shop that only works on 20 pistols a year and that's it forever? Or is Black Box Customs going to take this momentum and roll? Or are we going to, you know, squash it out? And we decided to just grow it, ride the momentum. Uh, so we shopped for space. We got space. We moved in. We got better equipment. And... How was that conversation with you three, though? You guys just all agreed, like, hey, we're quitting our jobs and we're, we're committed now. You know, like, how did that... What was, was the vision the, like? Yeah. I think it was It was really, it was that. It was, I think we were all just so... Uh, we were starting to get burnt out, for mm -hmm. sure. And, you know, we knew that we needed to do something. And I think all of us at that point in time were probably young, too young and stupid to, <laughs> to, to know, to, to know anything better. So we just, we saw opportunity and we, we, we wrote it. Mm. Yeah. So we just said, yeah, let, let's do it. Like, let's see where it goes. You know, the risk was not uh, too high for us. You know, we were just kids back then. So we just did it. That's so, good though. Yeah. So after you guys agreed and then you guys got your a space mm -hmm. like a commercial space i'm assuming yeah. yeah and then that's when things started really picking up or what so it always grew uh pretty steady and organically and the speed limit was always um just manpower so just keep in mind we were super super anal about our image mm. and how we wanted to present ourselves and the work that we did mm. so and what I mean by that is like, we took all of our own photography, we built our website, we managed our social media, we did all the work ourselves, we didn't outsource anything. And I mean, like, it doesn't matter what aspect of our company it was, we didn't outsource it. How did you guys agree to who did what? Yeah, there's a lot of skills yeah. to get that done. Yeah. Right. Um, I think there was always, I don't know, it was kind of like, a, a, oh, <laughs> oh man, at the very beginning, it was... Everyone was doing everything. It was very shared. Uh, and then over time, everyone develops a stronger interest for a certain thing. Um, so I think that's ultimately what it came down to is not all three people needed to build the website. Not all three people needed to take pictures. But every single one of us knew every single aspect of the business so that if one person needed to take time away or if somebody was busy or if someone needed a hand, anyone could actually have stepped in and helped out. 
that was super useful. Um, everyone was like the jack of all trades. Um, I feel like that's what we, what we, we had did. to do that yeah. too. Right. Cause like if we were gone or something was like sick or something like that, like you could take over that role with it being like, not like the service is not, not uh, like it doesn't go down. You right. Know? Yeah. The there's quality no of service. Right? Yeah. Down, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It needs to be seamless. Yeah. Um, so over time, as we grew bigger and bigger and bigger, um, there was way more like delegation and there was way more specific tasks, but that wasn't till way later, I think. Um, but yeah, everyone just kind of played into their strengths once uh, it started getting um, busier because uh, everyone needed dedicated roles. Yeah. It's but. good to focus on the things that you actually enjoy doing. Cause mm-hmm. if you're doing all the tasks that you don't enjoy, it makes it kind oh, of that stuff. Okay. So yeah. there's a couple <laughs> partners like, so like Vince is one of, one of the co-founders, like he has like taken one for the team in a sense. Like he does a lot of like the, for lack of a better term, bitch work, like admin. Mm-hmm. It's like, so, <laughs> you know, I like, that's where I think, um, you know, having multiple, uh, business owners doing stuff at the same time is good because, um, there's a lot of shared work and because you're invested, there's, you know, there's some work that isn't super glamorous, but you still have to do and you're willing to do it because you don't want to hire out because it might cost too much money. So anyways, big props to my boy, Vince. (laughs) (laughs) How do you, how do you, um, figure out when is a good time to hire out with people in business. I find even for us, we struggle with this and growing businesses. When did you, when did you guys be like, okay, yeah, guys, we need to hire out because the cost to hire out is more, you know, greater than for us. It's always opportunity costs. Um, you'll reach a point where people are banging on your door and you cannot, you cannot service them. Yeah. And at that moment, you realize it's time to bring on another person. Yeah. And for us, it's almost always like that. Or someone um, that is better suited to do something else is doing something that they're not supposed to uh, just for the sake of saving the company money. Mm -hmm. The classic, like, you know, working on the business versus in the business. Yeah. Like, we spent so much time working in the business that we didn't have enough time growing it. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, to the point where you start noticing opportunities that you miss or different areas that you could grow into, but you could never take advantage of because of it. And um, those are always not super apparent right away. Sometimes it is like we can get ahead of it. Sometimes, Sometimes you don't even notice it though. Right. right? Cause like we, after we had an a- new agent come in yep. and then we were giving them leads, we yep. realized how much business we lost too. Yeah. yeah. Well, Cause we course. were at capacity. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, you don't know what you're turning away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah. And then like you, you could have been servicing, but you're you're so busy on your own shit. It's mm-hmm. like someone else could have been handling this, and and we could have, uh, you know, um, like service that person and also made some money, and they and the new person can also make some money as well too from it. So it's like you don't know how much money you're leaving on the table until you're actually like looking back and be like, fuck. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Hundred percent. Yeah. And, and some of those ones where we, we like cooked the grenade for too long and some of them we, you know, caught it early. And, yeah. um, I think it's always, unless you're really, uh, I guess like sensitive to it or you're really, uh, looking at it, it's, it's hard to catch, yeah. but, um, it is hard to catch. Yeah. And it's, yeah, like exactly. Cause like when you're so in the business, 
you're just so focused on yeah. the business, right? Yeah. You don't even realize um, like everything that's happening out there right. where it's like, Hey, I want to buy a house. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm working on this. And then and like, you just totally forget about totally them. Totally yeah. That happened to me yeah. a few times. Cause it's like, you get so busy and then you, you're, you're so in the, the zone with this yeah. one, like a different client. Yeah. And then you're, you're forgetting about this person that just yes. like maybe sent you a message. Right. Yes. Cause like, I probably get like 50 messages yep. a day. Like I'm in 50 conversations at a time. Yep. Right. So it's like, it's hard to keep that cycle. Yep. But like, like the thing is that if you could pass it off and someone can deal with it and, and they're getting that service and they're satisfied Oops. Yep. that yep. Uh, like, it doesn't take anything away from you. Right. right. Cause yep. that's business you probably would never had anyways. Well, and, and I think a big chunk of that too is when it's your business relinquishing those like responsibilities is probably the toughest thing. Yeah. Because Everyone <laughs> thinks that they're like the best person to service that customer. Yep. <laughs> you guys yeah, know. That's scary, yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Yeah. I've learned a lot yeah. though. Yeah. I was In such a control years. freak. Mm -hmm. Like, holy yeah. crap. I was like, it needs to be done this way, this mm -hmm. way, this way. Mm -hmm. Jason would be like, hey, go do this task. And yeah. be like, 10 minutes later, never mind, I'm going to do it. Like, <laughs> you know what? There's, but there's, there's validity in it, right? Yeah. Like there's a minimum standard. And as long as you realize what that minimum standard is, um, you kind of have to let your employees or whoever's taking over that role have a little bit of freedom as long as there's a minimum standard. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. yeah you got to set the bar with yourself yep. and, 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 and for the team, right? Because yep. if, if you don't set that bar of what your expectations are, then that won't trickle down, right? Right. And I just feel like it's as your business grows, you have to re, like reinforce that a lot. Yeah. Like this is how we do business. Yep. We we have a standard, right? Yeah. And well, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. No, because, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you know, look at the businesses that grow too big too fast, yeah. and they're no longer, um, I guess. Uh, businesses that you can um like associate with or yeah. whatever or you can um there's you lose that original quality mm -hmm. and then it's no longer that might have been you i've know, had that happen right i've had that happen with the company before that yeah there you go in, yeah yeah it's, you, you grew too fast yeah quality goes down yep and you start losing clients start losing clients and right. it's like when you grow there that is a problem when you grow too fast mm -hmm. and you can't adapt to manage that yes and when you can't adapt to manage it that's definitely when the service yeah. goes down and that's where you don't want yeah. to be right you start so, losing clients right and then, yeah. you know you, you kind of get a, a bad rep and yeah stuff so like that's that. why i say it's not like ultra it's not like super bad in the sense that like you're a control freak because ultimately what does that mean it means that you actually care a lot about your customer's experience 100%. right yeah so just you know, if you just let that ship sail and you just let, you know, this person that's not necessarily invested in your business outside of a paycheck, potentially, mm -hmm. uh, take over that position. Yeah. Well, do you really want them, you know, being the face of your company? So you, you always do need to go back and, and, you know, do those checks and balances mm -hmm. or else. Yeah. Like service is, we're in the service. It, industry. Could, go, it yeah. could go anywhere, like yeah. completely opposite with what you want. Yeah. Right. right. So, exactly. And like, in a new, like in a business, it's it's tough to, to survive if you're not adapting and and also giving what your clients need, right? Right. Because like um like I was telling you before, like the the success rate of a new business is only like a eight percent chance in yeah. the first five years. Yeah. And then after the next five years, it's another eight percent chance of success. Yeah. So it's it's pretty low for a fucking new business. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think um a lot of our new employees also don't. They didn't, they weren't there for the hardships, which is good. 
right? But it's also bad because they don't know the amount of backbreaking you have to do, right? <laughs> That's funny. Like, as I, like, I, like, you know, yeah, talking to you yeah. guys, like, briefly, I can tell that you guys are the type to also, you know, go out of your way for your consumers probably in the past or for your customers in the past. Yeah. And that's what we did. You know, I, I remember I was delivering stuff at like two in the morning for a customer because he needed it or like, you know, doing all these extra things in the past. And if our new employees don't understand that, and that's kind of like the level that we were, you know, uh, providing a level of customer service we were providing before, um, it's, and we're trying to maintain that it's yeah. Yeah. It can be lost. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that. Cause that's kind of how we felt because like, <laughs> when, cause we've been there from the beginning of the struggle, like we got into right. it, we, we joined up when it was like a tough market, but then now we have like our team, like yeah. they've seen like just the good stuff. Right. Then they never had to deal with the suffering. You're like, you haven't struggled yet. Just wait. (laughs) (laughs) Just wait for it, guys. Capitalize on this right now and just hold it until, like, you know, the market dips because you have no control over that. Oh, for sure. Stop calling you, like, this this is what you need to do. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Like, just like um, controlling waste at our our shop. Like, back in the day, we like break one tool. It was like, that was like our week's worth of profit or something. Yeah. Now we break a tool like once a week and some of the guys don't bat an eye. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like back in the day, that was <laughs> that was a big deal. Yeah. But it allows them to do more work and be more efficient. So it's yeah. kind of you can't micromanage. <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. But you can't it's like, oh man, I wish you kind of cared more about that. Yeah. It's like, you know. But it's tough when it's not their business. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, we used to use this, like, shitty toaster oven. Now you have, like, these nice, like, lavatory-grade ovens, and they're just treating them like shit. I was like, oh, man. Do you guys still have that toaster oven? You we do. Yeah. It. It's a, yeah. <laughs> Frame it, man. <laughs> just put it on the top yeah. of the shop. It's like yeah. the no, holy grail of it's, ovens. It's in the it's in the shop. It's uh, It'll go in the black box museum if we survive long enough. <laughs> <laughs> I, I look back at our business and, uh, like, how we used to do business to what now – like we we put in the the work to make it easier now, right? Yeah. And I think that's what people don't see when we're like, "Hey, do all this stuff." They're like, "Okay," but it's like, think about how much things we had to learn just to get it to, to that point for right. you to learn, right? Right. So, right. Yeah. What was your guys's like biggest lesson mistake with? If, if, if you can share. Oh, that geez. <laughs> um, our biggest lessons and mistakes. This is it's tough. We learn from all all of them. There's there's always constant uh, lessons, you know, like we didn't like, none of us went to school for this. So we kind of just fumbled our way through this entire process. Right. There's no school for entrepreneurship. Right. There's <laughs> right. School so, is it's real life. Yeah. It's real experience. life. Yes. Yeah. You can't go to school for it. Cause it's so, yeah. you just can't. Right. Yeah. It just... And I don't know. It's, it sounds like a cop out, but um, I think the, we learned a lot from everything that we end up doing, right? And you can't have the growth that we have without those mistakes. And for me, uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't regret any of it. Like you have to have one to have the growth, uh-huh. right? Um, any that comes in your mind like last two years, last three years? Um, just overextending ourselves, I think. Yeah, I think that was a really big one. Uh, not diversifying as much as we should have early on like di- diversifying into other products different markets um and different products uh tapping into different markets so for example there's a really big 
uh, firearms accessory market uh, overseas, like in Asia right now. Uh, and then there's a really big market in the U.S. that we should be pushing into um, that we didn't take on till a lot later. So you guys are pretty much all over the world now? Uh, so we sell products into the U.S. right now. Uh, some, some accessories, mostly like for law enforcement. Um, but that's like about it right now. We are working on a suite of products that we will push into the U.S. But that's something that I wish we would have done sooner. But at the same time, you don't know what you don't know. You don't. And like, you just, um, you're working on other things, right? And you're trying to grow the, the business to what you think makes sense at the time. And there's always stuff to work on. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Hindsight being 2020, yeah. just, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think too much. I don't dwell in that. I just, we just move forward. <laughs> so, so I guess what advice can you give then to someone that um, is growing a business or in wanting to get into your business or, or trying to, to get into business yeah, in general? Yeah. Oh, geez, it's not for everyone. <laughs> um, it's true. If you if you are a person that easily loses sleep at night, I think this is not the like starting your own business is not the right thing to do. I don't think, um, I, I know a lot of people love to promote like, like self starters or businesses and entrepreneurship. It's like this really, I think, I don't know. I think a a lot of people like glow, like glamorize it, glamorize it. For me, I, I think it's just, it's a lot of hard work and there's a lot of sacrifice, um, and unless you know what you're getting into, don't do it. <laughs> and yeah, it's like hard work, like a commitment to it yeah. and also passion. Because yeah. like if you're not passionate about it, yeah. you're not gonna wake up every day yeah. being enthusiastic to yeah. do the shit every day because yeah. it's like like it's like it's almost like a job if if if, if you're not passionate yeah. about it. Right? And so. and and even passion alone can only take you so far. Yeah. Like this will test like every ounce of your passion for this thing. You will learn whether or not you actually like it. And you will most likely along the way have to find new passion for it. Mm. It's like a marriage or whatever, right? Like <laughs> it's a partnership. It is. Yeah. hundred percent. And so I would say that, yeah, there are, you know, there are things that I've, you know, I'm not saying that uh, black box was not good for me. It's probably the best thing that has ever happened to me in my life. I've met a lot of very good people. I've had, amazing experiences and I would not trade it for anything. However, you know, coming at this with the, the lens of the rose colored lenses or whatever, the rose tinted lenses, I think is naive. You need to be prepared for like loss. You need to be prepared for sacrifice and you need to be mindful of that. It's, it's tough. We went into it like naively, right? And that's what (laughs) got us there. And the, Dude, that's how I went into all yeah, my businesses. Yeah, very naive, right. But, but that's what I'm, this is the whole point of the podcast, yeah, yeah. right? People just see the rainbows and yes, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. right. <laughs> they see your website. Yeah. These guys are yeah. doing good, yeah. you know. But yeah. they don't know yes. what you know. That's yeah. why, I, yeah, like 15 employees, like that's a, a good feat. Yeah, yeah, like that is a lot of work. You yeah. know, um, and people just see it. I was like, yeah, 15 employees, yeah, like. They're, they're doing good, you know, but it's like, yeah, you don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, like, yeah. I, it's funny. I was yeah. thinking about that um, the other day. A lot of my friends don't understand my struggle. Yeah. But at the same time, like, 
they don't need to. I don't, my expectation of them understanding should not be where it was. Um, you know, everyone has their own life and their own things, but man, it's like, it's ridiculous. I, you know, I don't know how much like family events or like friend stuff that I've missed just because of work. Right. And that's a real thing. And, and just know that those are the sacrifices you might want to make or might have to make if you want to continue to uh, grow your business at the rate that it can grow, mm. you know, or sacrifice growth or sacrifice business, right? Like, yeah, so, it's like a balancing act. It a hundred percent. Yeah. And sometimes it's like no balance. You know, if you're trying to ride the, the wave of opportunity, sometimes there's no balance, unfortunately. You know, like we always want to achieve balance, but how many times have you guys probably caught yourself? <laughs> yeah. Right. I felt that last couple of days. Yeah. It's like, holy fuck. Like I've been out like, for fucking like 10 hours straight. Like it's like relentless. Mel's like, you haven't been home for this whole week yeah. at all for dinners. I was like, we'll do something tonight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But no, like even like, yeah, hundred, like I'm like, let's slow down. Yep. We need to regroup. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not, we're just, I see this. I see this like thing happening where we're too busy, yep. which we are. Yep. And I'm like, we need to chill. Dave calls me the other day. He's like, yo, you, you want to do another Airbnb? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, bro. The opportunity no. is yeah. there. Like, but, but that's the nature of the beast, yeah. right? Yeah. That's the dichotomy. You, when you first started, you had no opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. You had to constantly try, beg, yeah. whatever yeah. to like build those things. And then now once you get, you know, it come, it's coming. Right. You can't say no. It's so hard. It's a drug. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I, I think all I said was fuck. Yeah. It was like we got to do it. I was like, well, because this client didn't want to Airbnb at first, and then he's like, all right, let's try to Airbnb. This would be a good spot. So I convinced this client to let us Airbnb. And then he's like, fuck, really? I'm like, Dad, like, what do you what do you want me to do? Like, right, right, yeah. Like, I I got them in, right? So, but we have like three coming up, and that's like it's a lot of work. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And the worst part is like, even if you don't commit to the opportunity, you want to at least entertain it, yeah. and that takes time. Yeah, it does. Right. So. I don't know. That's the nature of the beast, in my opinion. And that's, I think, the thing that people don't understand often is like, Mm -hmm. you know, why are you creating all this, you know, why are you creating all this chaos for yourself? Well, it's like, you you don't control it. It it is a drug, though. It's It's weird. It's like, you hate it, but you love it. But that's because you work so hard to get there, right? There's a great quote I want to share. You sure? It's like, I didn't get this far to only get this far mm-hmm. right and yeah. i like when i'm like yeah we didn't get this far just to get this far we gotta keep right. pushing the envelope right yeah. oh for sure yeah. you know i i work off of like metaphors people that know me i just like live my life in metaphors because yeah. like that's how my brain works so, like, <laughs> i like to just try to like make things uh like just scale things up or down yeah. so um i i used to go a lot like hiking with my dad a lot like he's a crazy outdoor guy um and you know, I, I look at like these ventures, like, you know, summiting a mountain, mm-hmm. right? So you can go up halfway this mountain and the view is phenomenal and you can get caught, you know, just enjoying the view, taking it all in mm-hmm. while there's still half a mountain to like continue to go up. And it's one of those scenarios for a lot of people where yeah, like the view might be good enough now, but did you actually go and like achieve your goal? Did you summit that mountain? Mm-hmm. And if you haven't, you actually have to stop, 
what you're doing and continue that like that journey up mm -hmm. or else you'll just get caught there and then you'll run out of time mm -hmm. and a lot of what we do with black box is like I don't think we knew what mountain we were trying to summit. <laughs> we just got to like the bottom of the trail and we knew we want to start. Yeah. And then halfway up, we're like, okay, this is like K2. Yeah. And we're like, okay, yeah. we're not prepared for this yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, you have to make a decision. Do you keep on going or do you stop? Right. And there's, uh, I don't think there's a, there's, I don't think there's a bad to stopping, mm -hmm. but you just have to know like how far you made it up. And if you turn back around, is there going to be regret? Will you be yeah. able to live with your decisions? Mm -hmm. Right. And that's like the business piece. Like, yeah. yeah. And that's like something like how I live. Like I, I read this book, like the five secrets you must discover before you die. And like they, so they, they, they interview like uh, 2,500 people that were like influential people mm -hmm. in people's lives. And mm -hmm. from that 200, uh, 2,500 people, they minimize it to 250. And like they, they ask them a bunch of questions and they, and they all came up with these five different things, but mm. they were the same things. Right. Right. And the number one thing is living a life in regret. Mm. Right. So like a lot of these old people on their deathbed or, or like the, the big thing was like regretting the things that they didn't do or like the, like the trips they didn't do. So it's like, once I read that, I was like, I want to live a life without regret. Mm -hmm. Right. I want to look back on my life when I'm old and I'm like, fuck, I did all the things I wanted to do. And instead of being like, fuck, I wish I did more with my life or yep. more with my time or more with the whatever, right? So mm -hmm. it's like, you just have to live and it's all about the the journey of it, right? Because it, it never ends it's with yeah, business. Yeah, yeah. There's always something new, right? It never ends. Yeah. So, but you just got to enjoy it while you can and, and enjoy the process with it. Oh, for sure. Dave, do you have any last questions? We kind of talked before, cause you were saying that like, it's such a different industry to get into and, and uh, like how, what was it like getting into the industry as like young Asian guys? Right. Okay. Like, yeah, with yeah. guns. Yeah. <laughs> with guns. Cause you were like, it was like such a, like a weird, like old boys club before. And oh, you got these sure. young Asian cats yeah. and they're fucking changing the game up. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. I was, uh, this industry has kind of changed my perspective. Um, not just in the industry, but like just uh, in general about, like perception, like the perception people have on you and whether it's within the industry or outside of the industry, uh, because our industry is kind of under like a high level of scrutiny all the time from the outside. But then even within the industry, we're subjected to a pretty high level of scrutiny as well. Um, so when we first started, uh, it is a bit, bit of an old boys club and it's just like, you know, three Asian kids in their garage, like customizing guns. Should you trust them? Um, a lot of our marketing is not about us, like the people. It's just about our product. All we cared about was we wanted you to take a look at the finished product and decide whether or not that was something that you wanted done. And that should be the only thing to, to guide your decision making. And, and if you look at our social media yeah, since day, day one, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really nice. yeah, it's never about you know, us as individuals. I don't think there's a single photo of you guys here. Yeah, it's just exactly. Really just like your service. And, Cause like yeah. when I was scrolling through that shit, it was actually addictive. Like <laughs> yeah. it was like a gun Instagram. It's, like we, we straight up called it. It's like the gun porn, like yeah, strategy. Gun -porn. <laughs> yeah. I was looking at that. And I was like, holy shit. Like there's more like next gallery fucking going through, looking at the colors, all this shit. Like that's right. why I was like, Okay, I knew exactly what I wanted by the yep. time I went to go and see you. Right, exactly. <laughs> but uh, so yeah. this is this is like really custom. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So everything that we post is like you know kind of the 
the most custom builds that we do for our customers. And all of basically, basically 90% of the stuff that's on our uh, Instagram or on our social media is custom, like customer work. Mm -hmm. That's stuff that they've requested to get done. Uh, and that's what we're highlighting. Do you guys do any engraving? We do, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 we yeah, do. There, it looks like there is like, a, yeah. like, like I love those sweet like Mexican guns. Right. Oh my god. Yeah. All the scroll work. Yeah, With we like did the Mother Mary on like a you know like a ivory handle. <laughs> yeah, we did a we did a crazy engrave for a customer in in, in BC, and it's like a, a stainless steel 1911 with all this scroll work, laser engraved in, and there's just a lot of work. And uh, yeah, so that's like something new that we're getting into as well. That's but, pretty sweet. Has someone asked to make the golden gun? Oh, all the time. Really? <laughs> yeah, like I have like I have a guy in my inbox right now. Do you guys like you guys do electrolysis for that or um... no? So like we're pretty specific to just doing Cerakote. So I'd be like, uh, it's not the same, but yeah, um, like a gold, like right AK yeah, yeah. forty seven. <laughs> oh yeah, but you know, like like rolling back, we were uh, not only is it like okay, we don't uh, put our our faces to the brand when we first started um even when we first started as a business it was, it was super difficult to try to get um like web hosting set up because there's policies on like firearms right yeah. oh it, w whether what you can post and what you can't exactly post. Yeah, right yeah. and then so for example like even now like um we don't post anything political we're like hyper neutral when it comes to like our social media mm -hmm. but even for us like Instagram is going in and saying, hey, like, your posts are against community guidelines. Uh, you can, And there are companies where um, Instagram will go in and delete the account. Oh. So, for example, this is where it's – I find it pretty interesting for us because everything that we do is, like, legal. Mm -hmm. And um, Instagram obviously is, like, this free platform and a lot of people use it for advertising. But – we didn't do anything wrong and they have this power to say remove like seven years worth of marketing that we have on there. Did Our, they ask you to do that? Oh, like we get like community guideline, like, uh, all the um, time. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. And like they'll remove certain features that we have. Mm. So for example, recently they removed like our ability to share links in our uh, Instagram stories to like our website. Oh, oh, like the slide. The right. The right. Exactly. Yeah. So we were using that for a really long time and same thing. Like, yeah. So this is a weird industry for us because, um, so it's actually harder. Like, I guess I didn't even think about that. Cause it's like, yeah, gun, gun, gun does. Have, yeah. Like, also think yeah, about it. Yeah. Like we, since we started our business, we've never taken any loans from the bank. Mm -hmm. We haven't been able to like develop, like even like good credit with the bank because. Oh, they don't want to deal with you. Exactly. Yeah. We went to the BDC when we we're trying to get our uh, first milling machine to get like a loan for like $50,000. Mm -hmm. And we went to basically the last stage until they figured out what, we do as a business and it's like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, the, where the, like, I guess like all the financial facilities that like uh, put money into, to the BDC, this is against their policies. Oh, crazy. So we won't be able to lend you, you know, whatever for this equipment. So almost everything has to come like privately or we have to do everything ourselves. Mm. So even like web hosting, like I said, like between Shopify, Squarespace. You couldn't put the guns on Shopify. Yeah. So you can't, so Squarespace, you can't use their e-commerce system to sell guns. Mm. So we had to use Shopify, but then Shopify, their merchant terminals couldn't 
process gun orders. So then you have to like use Monaris or whoever. So you have to like jump through all these hoops all the time because every company has these different policies. And I don't know, it's funny. I was telling David about this last time. Like, you know, when we first, um, you know, I grew up in Canada, uh, born and raised, like, but visible minority, you're taught about all this like multiculturalism and, you know, like don't like discriminate and all this stuff. Were you born in Calgary? Uh, Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I went to Ernest Manning. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's two grades younger than us. Yeah. I remember Jay actually. Yeah. Now that you like, we were talking yeah. about it. Yeah. So we were in the same school. Yeah. Over. That's actually one of the things yeah. I was going to mention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I ended up dropping out like in. He was in grade ten, 10. and we were in grade yeah. twelve. Yeah. Oh yeah. I. I barely I, knew any of the grade ten. Grade twelve, I wasn't even there. So oh, there, you, there you go. Yeah. 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 But yeah, like it's um, the minute I got like a pal and started a, a a business within the firearms industry, I like the level of like discrimination by companies and by yeah, like financial institutes. Like it was just like mind boggling to me. Mm-hmm. And everything that we were doing was just above board. And so much of the, even like um, a big segment of our business is um, uh, we're a service provider for like law enforcement and military. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. It's just like mind-boggling to me. It should be easier now, no, with having being um, servicing like the military. No, no, it's even they don't care. They really? don't care. It doesn't matter. That's no, crazy. there's crazy gun control going on. Yeah, right now, yeah, and it's getting harder and harder every year. Yeah, look at this pink one. Yeah, was that a girl? Uh, you know what? Girl? I don't remember actually. Yes, possibly. Yeah, I think our buddy has one that is a CZ that he brought to you. Yeah, and it's like pink or something like. That. Oh, oh, geez, yeah. yeah. I, I would tell you the name of that customer. I th- I'm pretty sure I know who that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He showed it to me. Yeah. So he might come shooting on Friday too. He's a dentist. Oh, maybe not that one. Mm, damn. So okay. what's this thing on Friday that we're going yeah. to? We're uh, going to your store? No, or? We, we were just talking about it like yeah. earlier this week. Yeah. Yeah. We're just going to go to the range because we're trying to get... I don't want to go to the range, man. Yeah. I want to go yeah. to yeah. some action yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, No, no, no. no you, you can't this do like, that. This is like oh. the driving range. Basically. <laughs> oh. You're not certified for that, bro. <laughs> you got to learn... Yeah, you got to learn how to walk before you like run, right? I'm working so. towards that. Like I'm, I want to get my... Uh, like just do like some competition long shooting. So you need to... Yeah, that's license. License to do those shooting ranges. Yeah, the, like the oh. walk around ones, like the the active shooting. Oh, you can't just go do that. No. Oh, I thought that's what we were doing Friday. No, this oh. is just like a work up to that. Oh. This is just the driving range. Yeah. Well, you, you, <laughs> dude, I, I just jumped right into it. You can't, you can't. Yeah. That's just like, you're like wanting to like go into like a Formula One car, yeah. you know, tomorrow. Dude, that's what I did with skiing. <laughs> that's like watching YouTube and going skiing on a mountain. <laughs> that's not how you do it, bro. Last year, I didn't know how to ski, didn't learn. I just literally, my first time off the skis was off the yeah. chairlift. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. And how was that experience? <laughs> that that was a funny, I, I told, I called a... I call you or Mel. You called Mel, yeah. And I was stuck on the hill. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you need to call the helicopter. <laughs> to pick I, me up. <laughs> yeah. I thought that he was like like hurt or yeah. something like that. Oh, I'm not moving. We come down, he's yeah. just on like a regular hill. I'm like, the hell? You just called us all the way up here, like freaking out. <laughs> and then it was just like something really casual. Yeah, there's some things you dive into. But not with guns. Yeah, no, like, no. Fair enough. It's very, yeah, enough. like you need to have very safe stuff. Yeah, like, fair enough. Fair yeah. Enough. yeah, like it's not like something to be messing around with. <laughs> That's crazy, actually, yeah. what happened with Alec Baldwin. Oh, geez. We were talking about that at the shop today. Yeah. Um, that's like a total, like, foobar from, like, the prop guy, right? It's a blank, though, wasn't it? 
See, that's what I mean is like that that should have like never happened. And yeah. like they like whoever is doing that job is supposed to be like Checking doing much. all these multiple checks and they should be just be hyper diligent. But yeah. Alec Baldwin, they like he was shooting a gun and it killed a like yeah. film director. Yeah, like you're supposed to shoot blanks. Mm -hmm. And so just like how, um, you know, uh, Bruce Lee's son died. Lee died. Yeah. Oh, right. I didn't know. Yeah. So similar kind of scenario. Shot in the crow. Yeah. And he died. Yeah. yeah. Didn't know that. So it's uh, crazy, man. Dangerous. Gotta you, gotta res, you gotta respect the equipment. So Jay, any um, you know, last words? Exactly. <laughs> oh, I got all of them. I know. Yeah. yeah. What do you guys want to know? Uh, well, it's a place, pretty much anything you want to share words to the advice. listeners. Business, guns, anything, man. Yeah, um, I'd say yeah. We're we're located in Calgary. Uh, check us out. We have a lovely showroom. If you want to learn something, and if you're like just unfamiliar with the industry we welcome you to come in and hopefully learn something from us that'll be me yeah, yeah. right really like it's yeah. sick yeah not like not everyone needs to go out and buy a gun and get a gun license but like even just like to educate yourself right come in uh you know chat us up hopefully you'll learn something and have newfound knowledge for the industry sure yeah, yeah. A anything you want to share about um business uh Building a business, growing a business, advice. Jeez. Oh, um, <laughs> although I went into business with a bunch of friends, don't go into business with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you that actually. How? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's um, it's a it was a necessary evil. Um, I think. What was that? An, a, a, a necessary evil. A necessary yeah. evil. Yeah. For us, like business is just a whole bunch of catch twenty catch twenty twos and dichotomies i think it's just um we could not have done our business and we could not have succeeded unless we went to business as friends but it was super super difficult mm -hmm. um and as long as you can come out on the other side i think there are benefits to it um there are a lot of people that i know that went to business as like an individual and did not want to go through that same level of of hardship potentially because they they knew that they might not work well with others mm. For us, we took the risk and it was for sure difficult. However, I think we for sure have survived because we leaned on each other when we needed to. And any opportunity to expand and grow, um, there were others to help take uh, take up the slack, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like the advice is nothing <laughs> it's like you're, you're doomed if you do and like i don't know you're doomed, you're doomed if you don't, you don't. Well, how about this how about this yeah. after that question then yeah how, how did you guys overcome that friendship and the business where oh, geez like yeah. what pushed you guys and what was it that like made you guys stay together and and continue to do business together through like the hard times because doing business with friends is hard yeah you know yeah we learned that yeah oh for sure yeah. um i think it's like how is how big is your vision? How big is your company? And that is bigger than any one person that is part of it, really, at the mm -hmm. end of the day. So if you if you built, for us, we built a brand, there is this ethos. It is bigger than any one person and their ego or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so over time, you just learn to communicate better. You learn to stay in your own lane generally unless yeah. <laughs> unless things are being steered into the ditch then you kind of have to say something and knowing when to say something is important and how to say it uh, i think yeah the communication piece uh is is huge hundred thousand um, percent right 
hundred. Right. Like you, you, you nailed it right there. Right. Yeah. You have to wake, you have to wake up next day and work with the person again. Yeah. And if people are upset, the you're, you're making decisions every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If there's any animosity during those decision-making processes, that will absolutely like alter um, your, your ability to make clear decisions. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, communication, I think is, is massive. Yeah. It is hundred percent, man. Cornerstone to a good business. Oh, comms. Yeah. always, 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 and it's so easy to to lose sight of that. Like every day, we in like our business, it's just we have to be complete with everyone. Yeah, and so there's no drama, resentment, or like animosity. A- animosity. Yeah, and I think that is pivotal yeah. to your uh, company growing. Yeah. Because with that shit lingering in the back, it will come out. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It'll come out in your work and it'll come out to the clients. It'll come out everywhere. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Composure and discretion. Like, you know, you don't want to be airing your dirty laundry. Like every business has dirty laundry, but it should never affect the the customer experience. Exactly. Exactly. That's good. Good advice. Yeah. So your Instagram. Black box. Oh my God. Get ready for this. It is a... One word, black box customs with an underscore. And if you do not type out the entire thing, it will not show up on Instagram's search feed because we are oh, shadow banned. Yes. Oh, so try it right now. If you just type in black box customs, it won't show up on the on the search. Damn. You have to scroll to the very, very bottom. You're shadow banned. Yes. Yeah, conspiracies. How do you guys uh, advertise that stuff then on Instagram? Luckily, we've developed um, oh, yeah, quite a bit of yeah, quite a bit of momentum, um, and we we market on a lot of different places, and a lot of people reshare. And luckily, mm-hmm. within our community, um, the people that uh, like are looking for it will find us generally. So yeah, if you don't put that underline, yeah, oh that underscore, yeah, yeah. the underscore, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. don't show up, yeah. yeah. That's nuts. So that's what I mean. Like, this is like the stuff we like have to deal with every once in a while. Overcoming censorship. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Which is funny because like self like perpetuating. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, where's your, I I don't know if you shared your uh, store store. Oh yeah. Like we're in the foothills industrial in Calgary. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like 4420 75th Avenue Southeast. Bay number eight. And the website is just blockboxcustoms.ca. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, blackboxcustoms.com because mm-hmm. we're not amateurs. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. We, 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 we own .ca as yeah. well. You got to own uh, both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we? Was, I don't even think yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Oh, we yeah. do? Okay. Yeah. 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 We did .com because we didn't know if we were ever going to expand like outside of Canada. So it was always just like good to have that one. Yeah, for sure. You need both. There you go. Well, got it, man. Thanks for coming on, Jay. No, and, thanks uh, for having me, guys. Great, great episode. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, we'll see you next Friday. Take care. Yep.